A phrase we often hear in Christian circles is, well, you just got to trust God. But what does that mean? How do we trust God? And what should we be doing to demonstrate that we trust God? Hello and welcome to Faith Talks. I'm your host, Emily Preston, and in these podcasts, we will be discussing how to practically apply the principles found in the Word, or how to be a doer of the Word, so that you can start seeing more of the manifestation of God's grace in every area of your life. Welcome back to Faith Talks, where we learn how to walk by faith through grace. Today is part three of my teaching, What Does It Mean to Trust God? So over the last two weeks, we have been learning about why we need to trust God, what it looks like to trust God, how we demonstrate our trust in God, so that trusting God doesn't just become a religious cliche. There's actually some demonstration, there's some practical application to how we trust God and to know that we are truly trusting God. So today I'm going to round off this uh, these lessons with how do we develop our trust in God? Okay, so how, you know, the Bible says to trust in God, but how do we develop our trust in God? So number one, we get to know God. And again, remember God and his word are one. So to get to know God, we go to the word. We see God's character, his personality, his will in his word because God and his word are one. And our capacity to trust in God is directly influenced by the amount of God's word that we are putting into ourselves. More word, more capacity to trust. Why? Because God's character is revealed in his word. The more word you know, the more of the character of God you know, and then the more you can trust him. Because God and his word can't be separated. And there is nothing that God is or wants or there's no way that he acts that is separate from his word. So everything that you need to know about God can be found in his word. There is nothing God's going to do that is separate or um, in contradiction to his word because his word never changes. His word never fails. If you want to get to know more of God, if you want to develop your trust in God, then go to the word and get intimately familiar with the word. If you think about someone that you know very well and you trust implicitly, if someone was to tell you that that person murdered someone, you probably wouldn't believe them. You would go, no way, you must have that mixed up. Why? Because you know that person so well. You know them intimately. You trust them. You know their character. You know that they would never do something like that. And it can be the same with God. We can get to know God so intimately, become so familiar with him that if a sickness was to come against us and someone was to say, well, that's God teaching you something or it's God's will that you're going through that, you would throw that out straight away because you know that that's not God's character. You know that that's not his will. You trust him implicitly. 
And so that's why it's so important to go to the word and find out what God says about us, because then if a contradiction shows up, you will know exactly what to do about it because you know and trust the character of God. You trust his word. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says that his plans for us are to prosper us and never to harm us, plans for a hope and a future. John 10 verse 10 says that Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full until it overflows. And 3 John 1 verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So those three scriptures there, they they encompass the whole will of God for us. It's always prosperous. It's always blessed. It's always in abundance. It's always for good and not for harm. But we won't know that unless we go to the word and we find out the character of God through his word. And the more familiar we become with someone, the more we know whether we can trust them. Let's look at some of the things we already trust God about. Now, you may may never have known God or had a relationship with God or had any opportunity to demonstrate your trust in him, but there are things that happen around you every day that you trust God about. Number one is the availability of oxygen. You never wake up one morning hoping that there's enough air to go around for everybody. You just know that it's going to be there and available for you. Another thing we trust God about every day is gravity. We never get out of bed and hope that we land on the floor. We never get out of bed and, you know, hope that we don't fly out the window. Why? Because gravity works the same way every time, all the time. Another thing we trust God with is the sunrise and the sunset. Do you know that the sunrise and the sunset, the timing of those two events is so precise and predictable that they can tell, they know what time the sun will come up and go down in a hundred years from now. That's how precise and predictable it is. And then the fourth thing that we don't have any evidence of, but we know we trust God with, is that we're going to heaven of our salvation. We do not have any physical evidence that we are going to heaven. We don't have a passport that says, you know, admit one to heaven we don't have a ticket we have got no physical evidence that we are going to heaven when we die except that God said that we would because we've received Jesus and see just as oxygen just as gravity just as the sunrise and sunset just as we know that all of these things are predictable reliable and trustworthy so is the rest of God's word By his stripes you were healed. You prosper in all that you put your hands. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He has perfected everything that concerns you. And we can build our level of confidence in God's word to the same point, to the same level where we trust his word about our healing as much as we trust his word about the fact that we're going to heaven or as much as we trust that the sun is going to come up in the morning. And that only comes about as a result of the amount of word that we put into ourselves. See, there's so many um, unhealthy Christian songs that say, Oh, Lord, I just want more of you. Oh, fill me, Lord. Oh, come, Lord. I just want more of you. I'm desperate for you. And they're nice songs, but they're actually full of unbelief. 
Why? Because God is not going to come and do and pour himself into us. If we want more of God, we have to put more word in. The more word we put into ourselves, the more of God we will have. The more we will know him, the more of his character we will know, and the more confidence we will have in the integrity of the word. If we don't have confidence in the integrity of the word, then we don't have confidence and trust in God. Because again, God and his word are one. And we have to be fully persuaded that God's work works every time. There aren't situations and circumstances where sometimes the word works and sometimes it doesn't. The word works every time. So if there's any failure in the word working, it's not the word that's failed. We're the ones that fail. But God's word never fails. And the only way we will become fully persuaded of God's word never failing is to put more of the word in us. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says that the grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of God stands forever. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. Matthew 24 verse 25 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Psalm 89 verse 34 says, My covenant I will not break, nor even alter the thing that has gone forth from my mouth. And Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? But see, we're not going to know that we can trust God, that we can trust the word unless we put the word in our hearts and have it coming out of our mouth. And the more word we put in, the more we develop our relationship with God and our trust and confidence in him grows. So the way we get to know God and get to know the word is by confessing the word. Confessing the word of God is one of the most important things that we can do as Christians. 2 Peter 1 verse 2 says his divine power has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. But it comes through the knowledge of him, through the knowledge of the word that has called us to glory and goodness. And by these, he has given us his great and precious promises that through these, through his great and precious promises, we might be partakers of his divine nature. So the way we partake of the divine nature of God, the way we get familiar and intimately know the nature of God, which is love, which is health, which is provision, which is peace, is through his great and precious promises. We develop our trust and confidence in God and in his word through his great and precious promises through his word and the way we do this is by speaking the promises if we believe the word we must speak the word second corinthians 4 verse 13 says i believe therefore i speak so the way we partake of god's divine nature the way we partake or become more familiar with god is by speaking his word by declaring the promises 
And now I actually have to clear up a bit of confusion. I've heard people say that you can't speak the word unless you believe the word. But that's not what the word says. The word says in Romans 10 verse 8 that the word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. It's first in your mouth and then it gets down into your heart. Mark 4 talks about the sower who sows the word. And when we put the word in our mouth and we start speaking it, we are planting that word seed in our heart. And then it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So because you're putting the word into your heart by first speaking it, then your heart will become so full of the word that it will be it will come out of your mouth automatically the speaking will become automatic and effortless because your mouth is speaking the word into your heart and that's developing your belief and your faith in the word so you don't necessarily have to believe the word before you start speaking it but if you believe the word you will speak the word but put the word in your mouth first and then it will get down into your heart and then you will believe it and then because you believe it you will speak it so it's a bit like a cycle you speak the word first it goes down into your heart your heart takes the word it absorbs it it grows the word your belief your faith in the word grows and then because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks your mouth will again speak the word because if you believe the word you speak the word and see this is how we become fully persuaded by speaking the word getting it in our heart growing it in our heart, becoming fully persuaded of who we are and what we have, speaking the word again, then it's going down into our heart and that seed is growing and it will bear fruit and that's how we become fully persuaded. And when we are making confessions, when we confess the word of God, we are looking into the mirror of the word and we are seeing how God sees us. We are renewing our minds to who we are and what we have in Christ. See, if someone was to say to you, wow, you have beautiful blue eyes, but you know that you have brown eyes. The only reason you know that you have brown eyes is because you've looked into a mirror. You've never seen your eyes with your own eyes. You trust the reflection of the mirror to give you an accurate representation of the color of your eyes. So that if anyone was to say to you, oh, I love your blue eyes, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have brown eyes because the mirror told you so. And see, when we're making our confessions, we are looking into the mirror of the word. We're seeing, I'm healed, I'm blessed, I'm prosperous, I have peace, I have love, I have joy. We're seeing an accurate representation an accurate reflection of how God sees us. We are renewing our minds to who we are and what we have so that if anything comes to contradict that, we will know that that's a lie because we we trust the reflection that we see in the mirror. We trust what we see in the word of God. And again, this is how we develop our trust in God. When we confess the word of God, our faith is being built. Our faith in God is being built because Romans 10 verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith in God or faith in the word comes by hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God come out of your own mouth because you are the primary hearer of every word that you speak. So when you speak the word of God, you are hearing it and your faith is being built by you hearing the word of God come out of your own mouth. God's made it a complete package. 
So we're developing our trust in the Lord by confessing the word. Okay, so we're agreeing with what he says. We're we're, uh, declaring how he sees us and what we have in Christ. So again, it is vital that we don't talk about the problem. Okay, the enemy will always put pressure on us to talk about the problem. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then fear comes by hearing too and hearing words that agree with the enemy. And you think about it, anything that is stealing, killing or destroying from you is from the enemy because the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. So when we talk about the problem, when we talk about how things look in the natural, we are agreeing with the enemy. We are agreeing with the liar. We are agreeing with the father of fear. When we talk about, when we discuss, we research, when we complain about the problem, We are agreeing with the enemy because he's the one that is behind it. And so those words of fear, because it's not words of faith, because it's not agreeing with God's word, those words of fear are going down into our heart and they are choking out the life that we are planting with the word of God. They are choking the word seed. We are choking out the promise of God when we speak words that agree with the problem. We have to guard our mouth because death and life are in the power of the tongue and we have to make a decision to choose life and that we are only going to speak words that agree with the word of God. I've done a full teaching on this subject actually on how to bridle your tongue in my earlier podcast episodes. So if you want more information on why we need to guard our mouth and how to guard our mouth, I just encourage you to go back and listen to those okay so number one we get to know God more and we get to know the word more by confessing the word and number two by spending time reading the word and meditating on the word God says that whatever we give our attention to becomes our desire the more word we put in our eyes in our mouth and in our heart the more we will trust God the more our capacity to trust God Number three, spend time listening to preachers and teachers who know the word and can teach you more about the character of God. And again, this is all faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you're listening to a good faith teacher, a good faith preacher, that's the word of God that you're hearing and your faith is being built. And the more you'll be able to trust God because the more you will get to know about his love and grace. Number four, shut off or cut back on things that aren't ministering life to you. Proverbs 4 verse 20 says, my son, give attention to my word. It doesn't say to give attention to the news media. It doesn't say give attention to Facebook. It doesn't say give attention to the doctor's reports. It says give attention to my word. And incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Why do we need to not let them depart from our eyes and keep them in the midst of our heart? Because they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. We will not develop our trust in the Lord. We will not develop our trust in God when we are giving our attention to everything else that's going on in the world, to social media, to TV, to movies. Again, remember, the more word we put in, the more our trust in God is being built. 
And in the parable of the sower in Mark 4, it describes that the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things entering in choke the word and make it unfruitful. So we don't want the word to be unfruitful. We don't want the word to be choked. So the way we prevent that is by not letting other things, not letting the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this life and the lust for other things to enter in and choke the word. Number five, be purposeful in pursuing the things of God. See, the word of God is not a hobby. We are not triers of the word. We are doers of the word. The word needs to be the most important thing in our day. I just really encourage you to set aside time purposefully to every day to spend in the word of God. Get up that little bit earlier. Set aside that time on your lunch break. Whenever you can, I'm sure that you can find at least you know, 15 to 30 minutes a day to purposefully spend time in the word, to make your confessions of faith, to read the word, to listen to a good teaching message because this is life to those who find them. So the fact that it they need to be found indicates that there's some searching involved. It means that there's some some action, some proaction on our part to find the word. But the result is that it is life and health to us. Make your confessions of faith every day. Declare what God says about you. Declare the promises of God over every part of your life, over all of your situations. And only say what God says. Guard your mouth. Only say words that agree with God's word because he says that we have what we say. And so all of these steps are steps in developing our trust in God. They are how we get to know God better, how we get to know his character better. These are ways that we can trust God more and how we can know that we are truly trusting God. So again, trust God. I trust God. I trust the Lord. That is not a religious cliche. When you say you're trusting God, it's because you're speaking his word. It's because you're casting the care. It's because you're only saying what God says about you and nothing else. It's because you're not leaning on your own understanding. You're not running around trying to fix everything in your own strength and in the natural. And the result, again, will be that he makes your path straight. Everything that is crooked or uneven in your life will be pulled into line will be made straight because you are trusting in the Lord and acknowledging him in all of your ways I love that scripture in Psalm 112 verse 7 it says blessed is the man who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commands or delights in the word he has no fear of evil tidings he has no fear of bad news his heart is fixed his heart is established trusting in the Lord. Now, it won't be that you will never get evil tidings or bad news, but when it comes, you will have no fear because your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions are fixed. They are established on the word and what the word says about you. Again, remember, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing that your eyes are brown. And then if the bad news comes that your eyes are blue, (laughs) you will have no fear because your heart is fixed trusting that the word is the mirror that says that you have brown eyes so you will not be moved you will have no fear because you are fully persuaded of what God says about you 
What are some of the other evil tidings that we could receive? The situation may get worse. The symptoms may get worse. You may get a bad doctor's report. You may get a bad report from your bank or from your job or from your um, from a relative. Your emotions might be speaking to you. A person who is trusting in the Lord refuses to fear if these things shows up. They do not fear if these things show up because their heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. Their heart is established. You are trusting in his great and precious promises. Again, because to trust God is to trust his word. I'll give you another example of this. My sister and her husband have their own business. And many years ago, one of their clients um, went bankrupt and he owed them tens of thousands of dollars. And this was an opportunity where they could have stressed and worried. And this was some evil tidings. Their client rang them and says, I can't pay you the money that I owe you. I've just gone bankrupt. That was a bad report. That was some evil tidings. But instead of getting all worried and concerned and stressing, my sister and her husband just started to declare, no, we're not moved by what we hear. We have favor with men and favor with God. We have, I cast the care. They cast the care of it onto the Lord and said, thank you, Lord. We have favor with men and favor with you. And the result of that was that after all of the, the client's financial affairs were put in order, they had a certain amount left over and out of all of the people that they could have repaid what they owed them, they chose to repay my sister and her husband. And they had favor in that situation. They had no fear of those evil tidings because their hearts were fixed on the promises of God. And he was able to pull the kinks out of that situation. And it all turned around to be for their good in their favor. So to truly trust God is to do what he says to do, to be doers of the word. Trusting God is to completely rely on him and not what we understand about the situation. Trusting God is to not be moved by what we see, hear or feel. Trusting God is to keep our mouth and our mind on the word of God. Trusting God is only saying what he says and not agreeing with the problem. Trusting God is not leaning on our own understanding standing. It's not being double-minded. It's not trying to figure out what we can do in the natural to sort the situation out. Trusting God is casting the care. Trusting God is casting down imaginations. Trusting God is keeping our mind on the promise and not the problem and maintaining our level of peace. See, Jesus didn't promise us that our life would be storm-free, but he did say it would be storm-proof if we make our foundation on the word of God, when we put our trust and confidence in the word. And when we trust God with all of our hearts and we do not lean on our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge and confess him, confess the word, the word will go to work. The word works for whosoever will work the word. So I hope this teaching has has given you some valuable information and kind of sorted out the uh, the whole mystery of what it means to trust God. If you have any questions about what we've discussed today, I would love to hear from you. Just email me questions at faithtalks.com.au. And again, if you have any testimonies you would like to share, if you need any prayer or encouragement, if you would like a copy of Confessions for Life, which is scriptural declarations that you can speak over every area of your life, 
email me questions at faithtalks.com.au. Well, guys, I just pray for you every day and I believe that the eyes of your understanding are open and that you're receiving increasing revelation every day of who you are in Christ and what God has given you by his grace. And remember to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only and you will be blessed in everything that you do. God bless you and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for being part of today's episode of Faith Talks. If you have any questions related to today's or any of my previous episodes, if you have a testimony you would like to share, or for a free copy of Confessions for Life, please email me at questions at faithtalks.com.au. For episode announcements and regular encouragement, you can now find Faith Talks with Emily Preston on Facebook and Instagram. Finally, if you know anyone who would benefit from today's or any of my previous teachings, please share this podcast with them and help them receive revelation of the truth that will make them free. Until next time, know that I am praying for you and don't forget to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, and you will be blessed in everything that you do. God bless you.